Well, okay, well, we're moving into a new month, and that means a new topic, and uh, we thought this is a real good one, and we picked this a few months ago, but it's really applicable for where we're at right now, because the world is moving into some unknown territory that we've never kind of charted before, and uh, people get fearful, you know, people just get, like, worked up a little bit, and uh, I want to tell you right now, fear is the number one uh, thing that the devil uses, number one tool that he has is fear. And that's why the Bible tells us not to fear not, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But firstly, what are you facing today? What is your number one fear? If I was to go around, I'm sure there may be a few different things that you're fearful about. Those things that just sit on you. You notice fear seems to come in waves, like, you know, whoa. And that's why it's great when we come to a place of worship, because when we're lifting up the name of God, fear disperses. Fear disappears, you know, and, and that's why we need to come together. That's why we need to praise God. We need to be in that position. Different people have different fears, you know. People are worried in this climate about losing their job, you know, and God has blessed us. You know, as we push into the things of God, we've had people in this church just get job after job after job. It's incredible. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Ellie just got one the other day. She, she was laid off from her work, and then she got another job. Next week, bang, it's just like that. I thought, wow, this is great. This is God, the favor of God. You know, when I start looking online, some of the fearful things that people are fear, fearing right now is things even like the climate change. How often have we been through the climate change thing? And, and uh, then there's a the COVID-19 thing, all these things. But first, let me just look at some statistics on all these kind of fears. Fear can affect us uh, in many ways. But some of the interesting statistics I found from this Christian magazine says the following. It says, 40% of what people worry about has already happened, so they can't do anything about it. 40%. Another 30% of what they worry about could never happen. And 22% of what they worry about, if it comes, will have so little effect that it isn't worth worrying about. By process of elimination, only 8% of our worries are worth the worry. And quite often we get caught up in this trap of just worrying about everything, you know, fear and about things, what's going to happen, all this sort of stuff. I like the acronym for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. Quite often I say to people, why are you so fearful? Oh, but this could happen. This I say, hang on, how do you know that's going to happen? What evidence do you have? Well, none, but it's just, I said, just relax. React on what has happened, not on what possibly could. And that's where we need to be in the place of that. And I think that's where God gives us that confidence that he is with us and for us, that we don't need to fear anything. He's got everything under control when we look to him. Well, let's look at this stuff. You know, like I, I say to people, pull out a scripture verse whenever you're finding fear and see how it lines up with scripture. So people are fearing about climate change, loss of food and melting ice caps and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that has not been proven by true scientists. There's a lot of them saying that. But I'm telling you, do, you want to do a little experiment? Put an ice cube in a glass, fill it right up to the brim of water. What do you think will happen when the ice cube melts? People go, oh, it's going to overflow. Because that's what they've been telling us. No, it's the reverse. Because water in ice form is expanded. And so when it contracts, it, the water level drops. So there's a lot of things, a lot of fears that are put out there just to make you think that way. Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and water, and day and night shall not cease. That's the word of God. That's what we go to, not to the fear mongers of, of uh, Greta Thunberg and, and her team. You know, it keeps telling us new dates for the disaster of the earth and it never comes around because God is in control. 
God is in control of all things. And of course, the big one that everyone's worried about is the COVID-19 thing. And uh, I'm not going to get into all that, but I just wanted you to show you just something very simple that there was more to worry about with the flu when that was around for South Australia. I'm just going to go with South Australia now, but you can do this elsewhere. South Australia in, in 2017 had 128 people die of the flu. We've currently got four deaths from COVID-19 over a year. And so, but there was no like, oh, shut things down because of the flu. There was no put masks on. There was nothing because people do die. Unfortunately, people do die. That's part of life. There's life and death. We don't know when that time is, but we do have disease. We have accidents. We have all sorts of things happen. So what I'm saying out there, I don't want you to get to a place of fear because then the devil steps in on that. We can't be going that way. We've got to be people of faith and belief in God. We need to make decisions. We need to make wise decisions. You know, and that's where the God says, anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God has got all wisdom. You know, and so a lot of, a lot of what presents before us is not always true. Check everything out. Check everything out, okay? Everything you hear, and it doesn't seem kind of right, you need to check it out. Because right now we're moving into a position where the government is using this whole time of the COVID-19 to push and take away your freedoms. Have you noticed that? Some weird stuff going on? This, is, this has all been calculated because of, of the agenda behind it. And it's not just happening here. It's happening around the world. And you've got to say, okay, if everyone, the governments around the world are doing the same thing, they're working off the same script. Who is orchestrating this? Where is it going? Well, you're going to have to wait until I do a, uh, a series on Revelation because you will find out who's behind all this and where it's all coming from. But we should not be fearful. We need to stand up on God's word. For it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. The spirit of power, love, and a sound mind is opposite to the spirit of fear. They can't stand together. They, they're opposites. And that's why we need to work out of a place of power and love and a sound mind. And those things are found in God. Hear the word of God, it refers to the fear as spirit that produces thoughts and feelings. The, the spirit of fear produces all those fears in you. You know, you start thinking about it, oh, what could be, what this could happen, whatever. People get phobias out of these things. You know, my people that know me have heard me say this before. When people get fearful, I say this, and I will, I'll give you the context of this because it's going to sound really weird. <laughs> they say, well, we expect that you, Pastor Ian. I say, what are you fearful about? And they say, I'm just fearful, I'm fearful. Just go lick a toilet seat. Now, that sounds really bizarre, but I'm going to tell you the context and the story of that. They found people have phobias, right, out there. And they, they, did, a, they did this whole um, TV documentary on people who had phobias, fears about everything, touching things, oh, get germs, you know. Some people were so fearful, they, they didn't want to leave their house. Some people were worried about leaving the, you know, the taps when they drip, you know, you, got, you tighten them, and you think you've done it, and you just walk out. These people would tighten it and stand there for five minutes, it's not dripping. They'd go, go downstairs, and they get to the end and say, oh, but just go check again. Oh, it's all right. And then they go out the house a bit further. They go back and forwards like this for the fear of this dripping. Well, people get fears about everything. And people, like I said, people can't touch things. And, and by the way, if you're ever going up those escalators, don't touch the sides there. That's the worst. <laughs> they they found more on there than what they find in toilets, I can tell you. <laughs> so when I'm traveling with people, we're going up these escalators, like, don't touch that. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so there was a particular woman that had a real phobia about everything, even at home, she's spraying everything, you know, wiping it down, shh, shh, a bit like the conditions now, isn't it? And, uh, and, 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 and they said, we've got to break this. So this professional said, we're going to break this. Where do you deem the dirtiest, fearful places for you? Public toilet, she said. Right, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I can't do this. They got her into the shops. They got to the door of, of, of the lady, ladies' toilets. And there was no one else around. So, uh, like, or it might be just at a um, unisex one or something. I can't remember. And it goes, come on inside. She's, she starts breaking out. Swear, I can't go in there. The germs, the germs. They're going to get me. And, and he said, they won't. He finally got her into the door, you know, struggling. Get in the door. And she's standing there. He goes, what is your weird, what's your worst thought here? He goes, the germs is, he says, look, let me show you something. He says, the worst place you'd think about is a toilet seat, right? This is what the professional did. He went. <laughs> he says, am I dead? So I've overcome my worst fear, your worst fear. I am still alive. So what is the worst that's going to happen? That's why I say go lick a toilet seat. <laughs> because most of our fears is that something, oh, it's going to happen to us. But when you overcome that fear with the truth, and that's why Jesus said the truth shall set you free, free, hear that word again, free, you are free indeed. You don't have to keep going back checking that dripping, dripping tap. So, <laughs> everyone's going, oh my goodness, that's a weird sermon this morning. Talk about licking to Anyway. <laughs> but fear can consume our minds, our fearful thoughts reoccur until they've dominated our thinking. We can't allow that to happen. You've got to wash that out with the Word of God and stand on the truth of His Word. There are literally dozens of fears that can keep us in prison of fear. Fear of being alone, fear of the dark, fear of abandonment, fear of heights, fear of death, fear of future. But this is what God says, and this is the main verse we're going to speak out of this morning, if you've got your Bibles with you. I want you to hear God's Word on this whole thing, what He has to say. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, uh, sorry, chapter 41, verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. This is the Lord. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not, do not fear, for I am with you. Be dismayed, for I am your God. I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for whatever we're going through. You have a word of action. You have a word that lifts us up out of our situation, and in this case of fear. And God, when we trust you and we look to you, all things disappear because you are bigger than anything. And Father, this morning as we look into your word, I pray that God will, I pray God that people will feel your peace. God, that fear will drift away. And God, they know that you are totally in control. No weapon formed against us shall stand. The enemy can throw all he likes, but it will not stick. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. And I pray God you'll speak to, through me today to reach your people in Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen. I always remember Pastor Phil's song, and uh, fear not, for I'm with you. You know that one? Anyway? All the young ones going, what the heck's he on about? <laughs> uh, great song. But, you know, you need to sing those sort of things to get it in your spirit. Like, you really need to start believing this stuff. It's not just a song anymore, but it's actually 
what you stand for and what you believe. Do not fear. It says here simply, do not fear. It doesn't say, well, it's okay to fear sometimes and, you know, right conditions, it's okay. It's actually a command because God is speaking it to you. God is saying, do not fear. It's not like a suggestion of like, okay, you know, I'll, it's okay if, if you do it. He says, no, do not. Because he knows what happens when you get fearful. Things change. Fear of change. You know, it's, things start to happen. So when we are fearful, it changes our thinking patterns. It changes how we would operate. It steals our joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need to be in that position of joy, not fear. You know, I don't go around like, uh, you know, and I, feel, and I do feel compassion towards these people that are fearful as soon as there's an announcement that they found one case, everyone's thrown on masks. You know, that, that's, and, and look, you've got to understand, once again, if you, you do the study on it, masks are actually harmful for you. They're okay in short term, and I know doctors use them in surgeries, but they only use them for a certain amount of time because they know it builds up bacteria. They did a study with some kids. I've been wearing them for a day. They found parasites on their bacteria, all this sort of stuff that they're breathing in. And the kids were getting sick from it. And it also depletes your oxygen, which is not good either. And they reckon people can't think critically when they're lack of oxygen. So it's even worse for those who've been wearing a mask all the time. You can't even talk the sense to them. So look, here's the studies. They've been doing studies around the world showing you it doesn't stop a virus. It doesn't stop these things. It only stop, stop big particles, not small ones. You know, that's why you see when there's some sort of, on the movies and that the big outbreaks, they've got the full hazmat suit on and everything, because that's the only thing that can stop that. And I don't, I don't see anyone walking around with those on. <laughs> I don't think it'd be a bit embarrassing if you did. Actually, I did see some and some crazy shots in this time. I saw in America, two elderly couple pushing, um, they had their trolleys. They had a plastic bag over their head tied up. I thought, You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> My goodness, I'm going to pop it. And, uh, you know, it's like, but this is what fear does to people. They don't think rationally anymore. When, when, you, when you're fearful, you don't think rationally anymore. And, and you just go for any hope, any, anything, a suggestion that may save me. A mask, I'll grab that. Uh, like I said the other week, Dr. Fauci, I'll put two masks on. You know, I'll put two on. Oh, perhaps if I put three on or four or five. I love this one. I saw of a meme, a guy had a whole stack, a whole box of them on. <laughs> I feel totally safe now. But when you understand that doesn't save you, and they know that, they know that you know that it's, it's not good. In fact, the Spanish flu, Dr. Fauci even said this, in the Spanish flu where we know 50 million people died, they said the, most, the biggest contributor was not the Spanish flu. Actually, it didn't come from Spain either. Um, but it was actually from um, pneumonia bacteria from wearing masks all the time. People were getting pneumonia from, from the bacteria growing on the mask. Most people died from that, so you need to do the study and have a look. And if you don't believe me, come and prove me wrong, please. And I love, I love for people to do that because I encourage you to do your own study. You know, I'm going to tell you things because I do nothing but study. I love study. I like to know what the truth is. <laughs> so if you don't believe me, that's okay. I don't mind. I don't care. But I want you to check it out for yourself. Please do that. Please do that. You'll find it will pay um, great things. Okay. So first of all, we have people in the three most common areas of fear. They reckon is the fear of change, the fear of the impossible, and the fear of others' opinions. Fear of change. Sometimes we stay bound up because we're scared to change. You know, will I be accepted by change? You know, people don't like the change. You know, some people, when you mention the word change, they go, change? What? They break out in a sweat. What? Change? We can't change. 
Some of us are very flexible. We don't mind that. We don't have a fear of change. I don't have a fear of change. You can change anything on me at the last minute and I'm all cool with it. I just run with it because I'm a very adaptive person. But some people got to have their spreadsheets out for the week, know exactly where they are. And if you change anything on that spreadsheet, fear sets in. <laughs> of course, there's the, uh, I had a friend like that. And, and, and I'm just thinking of a guy I used to work with in, when I was working for Repco years ago. He used to hate the company, and uh, if anyone's worked for Repco, it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he'd been with the whole corporation and the uh, company that they bought out before that for some 20-odd years, and I was with him for 10 of those years, and for 10 of those years, he constantly told me, can't handle this job, I'm getting out, I've had enough of this. But every time he applied for a job, fear stepped in because he, it was the unknown. How do I know that's going to be any better than where I am? Oh, I don't know, I need to pull back, and then nothing would happen. Ten years this went on, and I thought, you know, I finally left the company before him, and I found out it was about five years later, he finally broke through that fear and got another job. But that's what happens, you're missing out on great things because of fear. You know, what if, what if? I was always kind of mean to Pastor Sharon, growing up, like when we were going out, because I'd, I'd force it into doing things just because I knew she had a fear of things, fear of driving. So I said, right, you don't drive, you have to walk. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she knew I was real about that. Because so <laughs> you'll find out, my kids will tell you, if I say something, I'm going to stick by it. I'm one of those that sticks with things, so I will look out. Um, but, uh, but the thing is, you lose that enjoyment of things. Like, uh, we had a team go over to Myanmar, and we stopped off in Singapore. We had a few hours there, so I took a couple of guys to Universal Studios. And, like, there's all these kind of rides, and... Uh, and Amy, Amy and uh, Shannon were with me, and uh, they were just going on everything. And, uh, and I think Shannon or one of them said something, oh, are you going to come on? I said, nah, it's all right. You're not fearful of it. There's this crazy roller coaster ride. And I go, no, 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 I'm not fearful, which I'm not. And they said, oh, come on, come on. Come, you're scared. No, I'm not scared. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm not scared. I just don't want to throw up on you. And <laughs> but anyway, they said, I said, all right, I'll prove it. I'm coming on, I'll get on there. And, and I know roller coasters don't last very long. Like, it's 20 seconds, so I just go, right. Because it messes with my head. I get this imbalance, and it makes me feel dizzy and everything. And uh, like, I just grab on, okay, right, let's go, let's do this thing. <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> and I got off this ride, and I was, my head was still, it's like my brain was still moving inside my head. And I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I feel sick now. Thanks for that. Never doing that again. <laughs> and, and so, but I had to prove that I was not fearful because I'm not fearful of heights. I'm not fearful of those things. But they didn't believe me. But now I think you do. <laughs> so there we go. In fact, I was on one ride years ago. Years ago before I was with uh, uh, Sharon and, uh, and uh, we're out a couple of mates and had our girlfriends there. And I got off this ride and I couldn't even work out which was my girlfriend. <laughs> so I said, Dizzy, I put my head again. She goes, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're not her. How about you? Uh, is anyone there? <laughs> so, I was so dizzy. I get this dizzy head. And I like, here I was going, oh, keep away from that guy. Who is he? <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> moving right on. So one of the biggest ones, of course, is the fears, fear of other people's opinions, the fear of man. You know, I don't care what people think of me. You know, if you don't like me, it's fine. It's your issue, not mine. I'm all good. I like you. <laughs> and, uh, but people go, oh, you know, I want to be accepted. And this is where we get caught into a lot of 
problems because people step into the wrong areas because they want to be accepted. We were only having a conversation this morning uh, about people from the past and uh, friends of uh, my daughters from school days, how they were in a Christian school full on and now they're not. They kind of followed the crowd when they got to uni, they lost their faith. They followed the common beliefs and, and now they have nothing to do with church. And it's so sad. It's so sad. They lost the most important thing because it was a fear of man of wanting to fit in. You know, when I was at school, I didn't care because I was confident in who I was. See, when, and that was even before I found Christ. So it was even a, a bigger deal when I found Christ. It just boosted me even more. But I'm, what I'm saying is when you're confident in who you are, and you should be confident in who you are in Christ, it changes your outlook. It changes your thing. You know, at school, we, you get those kind of like group things going on, you know. There's the tough guys, the cool guys, the nerds and stuff like that. And uh, you want to see what I was like at school. I sort of roamed between the groups. So I didn't have to be part because I was comfortable with who I was. I don't have to be part of your group. don't need to be part of yours. I've got my own group happening here. <laughs> but I was friends with them all. I could go in all them, you know, and stir them up and things. But that's the confidence you need. But when you start getting fearful, oh, nobody loves me. I've got, I'll just do that. I wouldn't normally do that, but I'm going to do it because I want to be part of the in crowd. I want to be part of the tough crowd. I don't know if anyone wants to be part of the nerdy group, but anyway. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't want to be in that position. Rather, why didn't you start your crowd? You know, like I did. I had people follow me, and I didn't even start anything. I just go, hey, I was confident. So people just hang out with you. You know, people go, want to be with you. And uh, that's how we should be as Christians. We should be putting something out that people want to be part of. They go, wow, you're so confident, man. What's going on? How can you be so happy? And everyone's crying, you know. It's like, well hey, I know who I am, I know where I'm going, I know why I'm here, I know those things. And when you've got that confidence, you don't care what anyone else thinks. And, and I, I know that also happens naturally when you get older, I think, too, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, you know, I just find that because you get confident when you get older, you're a bit more confident. You know, when you're young, you're doubtful, you're not sure, a bit shy, a bit scared of things. When you're older, I've seen it all, done it, yeah, it's okay. I don't care what people think. I mean, you can see that sometimes, you know. My mum's like that, she's oh, I don't care what people think. Because we go, don't you think you better put some better shoes on or do this? Oh, I don't care what people think, <laughs> you know. And, and I thought, what a great attitude, you know. Why should we be living our lives out of fear of, of approval of other people? Because some people do. They live their whole life. And that's where the industry of, of the pop industry, Hollywood and all those things, are constantly doing that because they've got to look the best. They've got to have, you know, what's, you know, the... You just see all those sort of shots they're taking all the time, photos of themselves and this. Got to have the perfect hair. They got to have this and that. You know, wardrobe changes every five minutes. Uh, all that sort of stuff because it's all about image of being accepted. But you know what? Jesus accepts you as you are. You don't have to do 100 wardrobe changes. You don't need to do 1,000 selfies to be approved. When you've got the approval of the one that counts, that's all that counts. So God's promise to us is fear not, for I am with you. And you know, when you read those words, this is God, and you understand the enormity of that, this is God speaking. This is the creator of the universe. You think about the whole universe. This is God who created all that. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Out of the spoken words, he created everything. Now, if he is for you and he's on your side, what are you going to worry about? What have you got to be fearful about if you are connected to him? Look at this, Isaiah 66 verse 1 says, 
Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Think about that for a moment. This is the God that we worship. This is the God we look to. This is the God that tells you and I not to fear. This is the God that says, you know, to put your trust and hope in Him. Fear not. God is on our side. As Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? All right. So, like, you know, when you... When I was at school, when I was a little kid, you know, occasionally I would get picked on, and, uh, and I remember this one kid, like, we were in a line, you know, there must be about seven or eight or something, somebody pushed me, and I landed on this big guy, you know, the big tough guy, kind of, he's, I'm a little tacky, he's up here, and he looks at me, he goes, right, I'm going to get you, going to get you, watch, after school, you're gone, man, and I go, <gasps> <laughs> and, uh, and I go, oh. And, and I thought, oh, I forget about it. I remember coming out of class when the bell went and there's people on the corners. He's coming, he's coming. They were, they were messaging that I'm on my way to destruction. <laughs> and sure enough, when I get there, he goes, right, told you you're in for it. And he lays into me and, and I'm fighting as hard as I can, but I'm like half his size. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to get him back. I may not be physically strong enough, but I'm going to bring in the cavalry. <laughs> I got hold of my brother and his friends. Of course, they're like three and a half years old. Where is he? Where is he? There he is. There he is. How great is when you've got the bigger force on your side and come against this little bully? Because that's like the devil is to the premises of God. God has all power, and he'll come and sort, yeah, I've got God with me, man. Don't mess with me. You know, it's like, whoa. And that's what we've got to understand, that God is with you, that God is for you. Who can be against you? And it says in this passage further on, God is our help. If you need help, don't, don't you know, ring uh, a, a good friend necessarily, depending on what it is. To ask God. Don't go around asking opinions. Go straight to God. God, I need this. You know, God is just waiting in heaven, going, oh, I love my children. love them so much. What do they need today? I'm, I'm just waiting to hear from them. No, nothing there. Nothing. No, no. He is wanting to hear from you. He is more willing to give than what we are willing to pray and ask those things. What we do, even as Christians sometimes, oh, I'm broke, I don't know how I'm going to survive. We don't go to God. Sometimes we just go, oh, I'll, just, I'll battle through it. I'll be a good martyr. I'll do this. And, and, and the thing is, God is going, hey, hey, ask, ask. And when you ask, well, some, well, some money came my way. Wow, what's going on here? We're not called to do it alone. God is with us and God is for us. He is our help. It says in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call on me in the day of your trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. I always remember a funny story years ago of a young boy hearing this in a class, the teacher, and he said, look, if, and he kind of used the analogy, he said, if you're ever in trouble, kids, give God a call. He's there for you, you know. Hey, call this number, uh, Psalm 50, 15. Call 5015, and God will be there for you. <laughs> well, suddenly one kid races out the room, and he's going, Where's he going, you know? So he followed him to find him straight on the phone. <laughs> and he goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just ringing God. I've got a few problems. And he goes, what? I rang 5015. He goes, oh. He goes, what happened? He goes, I was engaged. <laughs> but know the scripture is there for your advantage to help you. God is a helper of each one of us. And when the God is your helper, there is no fear of lack. There is no fear of anything. Is there something from your past that you feel 
will never change. Remember, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. God is able to do all things. He is our helper. He is, our, he is there in the day of our trouble. He is there for us, and he is for us. God is the God of the universe, and he says, I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. See, he doesn't even hesitate. It says there, I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, you need to, like, perhaps that's an exercise for this week for those that are fearful. Keep reading through that verse. Allow it to sink into your spirit and know that God loves you. I tell you, when you start getting there, suddenly a weight lifts off. What am I worrying about? God's got it covered. What am I, what am I so fearful about? God's got it covered. Well, you know, I'd have to worry about it. God said he's my help. And you can, God doesn't mind you if you say that to him. Say, God, your word says that you are my help, and right now I need help. Call out unto him in your day of need, and he shall hear. God is on our side. God is our help. So you need to spend your time and energy not in worry, fear, because it just grips you, but rather in prayer. I tell you, when you pray and you give over everything to God, it just lifts off you. It just lifts off you. The devil wants to hold you in that place because he knows he can control you. He knows fear is very controlling. So if I can get you fearful, you know, if I can just get you to worry about that and take your mind off of the things of God, I've got you. Well, you haven't got me, devil. And hopefully he hasn't got you either. And this is why Jesus finally gives us this promise. When we look to him, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let you be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. Also says in John 16, 33, I have spoken these words to you so that you might have peace in me. In the world you shall have tribulations. There will be trouble in the world. We're seeing that right now. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Every fear, every satanic thing going on in this world, Jesus has already taken care of it. He has overcome the world. It's just a mopping up process now before he returns. And I'm telling you right now, we're getting close to that day. Jesus is on his way. Jesus is coming. He will not allow the injustice that is taking place on this world. There's a time where God says, enough is enough. That is it. I will now act. I will now act. But he's only prolonged the time for the reason for this, that people will have an opportunity to come to him. He's extended the time before he calls judgment upon this earth to allow people to come to him. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on this call. And this morning, everyone here has an ability, has an opportunity to come to Jesus, to forgive your sins, to make yourself right with him this morning. So wherever you are right now, I just want you to bow your head, close your eyes. And I want you to hear those words again. If somebody's still struggling with this, I can sense. It says, do not fear. This is God speaking, not Pastor Ian. This is God speaking. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. This morning, God is here for you. But God is a loving God that will never force you because He gave you free choice in the beginning. He won't force you to do anything. 
has to be your free choice. So I want to ask you this morning, if your life is not right this morning, perhaps you are been encountering fear, fear of all sorts of things. Well, I hope you heard the word of God to you this morning. But if you've never received that word, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, never made things right between you and God, now is the time. Now is the time, and it's made by a simple prayer of confession of your sins and your wrongdoing to God. And He is just and right to forgive you of all sin, it says. So this morning in this place, if that's you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or you may not even kind of know where you stand in everything. You may be confused. You said, I'm sure I did this as a kid. I don't know. If you're not sure even, it doesn't really matter. But what does matter is that you are sure and you're going to heaven. So if that's you in this place and you'd like to receive Jesus, like prayer for that, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you are when no one's looking around. And I'll see that hand. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The other thing I want to pray for this morning is to break off fear. And I'm going to invite people in a minute to come up the front here. We're going to lay hands on you, pray that fear off that you feel the presence and the peace of the living God. You are not called to be in this sort of place of fear. That's the devil lying to you. Don't believe the devil's lies. He just he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing good about him. He's the father of all lies. Don't believe a word he says. Believe the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just stand to our feet this morning? As we finish with this last song, I'm going to open up this altar. And if you want prayer for anything, 